0: Hello, and welcome to season two of the Perspective podcast. If you are a new listener, this is an extension of Spec Magazine at the University of Southern California. This podcast was made in an effort to capture the unique perspectives of USC students and, for a minute, see the world through the eyes of USC's most innovative thinkers. If you are a returning listener, thanks for tuning back in. There are so many exciting conversations in store for season two, and we are truly starting it off today with a bang by interviewing Claire Fogarty. You may also know her as Claire King Cook, which is a multimedia project she has worked on since 2016, which focuses on healthy and inclusive eating, as well as gluten-free and vegan diets. Today, we are going to hear about where Claire draws inspiration, how she navigates social media, and her Claire Can Cook journey. With that being said, let's see what Claire's perspective really is. Welcome to Perspective. Um, I'm so excited today because you're a fellow podcaster and I can't wait to hear more about Claire Can Cook. So, welcome on.
1: Thanks for having me, Chloe, even like early in the morning. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Okay, so just to jump right into things, I always like to have my guests tell the listeners a little bit about themselves. So, if you could just give us the rundown and maybe like how you got into cooking in the first place.
1: Yeah, so um, I'll try not to like go on forever because <laughs> I feel like there's, it's a lot, but um, my name is Claire. I am a junior here at USC um, and I major in journalism and I'm really into audio production and podcasts, but student by day, I'm like a kind of content creator by night. Um, I create content under the name Claire Can Cook, um, which It's something that I've worked on for a really long time. I started it in 2016 um, when I was in eighth grade. And I, since then, like kind of all under the Cleric and Cook umbrella, I've done a lot of different like media related projects and um, like have kind of gained a following. And it's something that I do. It's like a big part of my life. I do it every day. Um, I'm most known on TikTok um, for... My TikToks about being gluten free and vegan, but I also um, have a podcast and an Instagram, and I do lots of little things on the internet. Um, and it all started because I went gluten and dairy free when I was thirteen, um, which like might sound like a small feat, but it really like rocked my world at the mm-hmm. time. Um, and it got me really into cooking because it was kind of the first time I really had to take responsibility for myself, and I felt also just like really isolated and I thought that sharing it would really help me um be able to like kind of share with other people just the people in my life like what I was doing and how I was like so into cooking and how I could actually be happy while being gluten and dairy free. And it really just evolved into me. The more I cooked, the more I liked to share it, the more I shared, the more I cooked. And it just became like a snowball effect and um, kind of parallel stream. I was also kind of on my journey to becoming vegan. And so veganism ended up being another element so then it became kind of like the advocacy element of like environmentally friendly diets and it really all like it's hard to explain because it's like I am gluten and dairy free by like medically but I'm vegan by choice and are you vegan for the animals or the planet kind of both like Mm -hmm. so there's like kind of lots of different things but it's ultimately just like what my favorite thing to share about in life is and so um Yeah, I've been, a lot of people don't know because I started TikTok only in like 2020, but I've been doing it since like I was a little teenager. Yeah, that's crazy that you started in eighth
0: grade. Yeah. Like I was, I don't even know what I was doing in eighth grade, (laughs) but I know you said that you wanted to like share your recipes and it kind of like inspired you to like cook and things, but like what really made you want to like make the Claire Can Cook Instagram like back when you were 13? Because I feel like especially then, people weren't really doing that on social media.
1: I felt like, it's funny because it's just like, I felt like a lot of people did have like food accounts, you know? Food Mm -hmm. accounts were really like a thing from, like my sister had a food account even before me, which is like funny because it's like (laughs) but I just take things really seriously, like I just would not be someone to start a food account, post four times and never do it again. Like Mm -hmm. that's just not the type of person I am. Like when I started it, I was like, this is gonna be my, like, I'm gonna do this. Like I will be like, this is gonna be my thing for at least like a period of time. Like I don't really quit things. So like it wasn't, it was never going to be casual, mm-hmm. I, I don't think, because I'm just not a very casual person. Um, but it really started, I, like, at the time I was using, like, Snapchat, and so I would kind of, like, Snapchat my friends, like, what I was doing, and I, like, Claire Green Cook. like, it rolls off the tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember posting, um, like, on my, like... Private Instagram account. I was like, "What if I started a cooking account?" And like, I don't think it got any comments. <laughs> and I was like, Aww. "Well, no, not really." But I was just like, "Okay, no one cares." But like, <laughs> I'm gonna, gonna do I'm it. I'm gonna do it, and I did. And then, um, it's funny because I would say like, just my friends and family followed me until like, then I got to high school. I met a lot more people, and I had maybe like I think I hit 200 followers when I was like beginning of my freshman year of high school, and then um, it continued. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: this is random but also like sorry for the negative question but did you ever see like backlash or like hate for it because I feel like especially that like is what deters a lot of people from like starting on social media
1: yeah so um as far as like backlash in my personal life like in early stages not so much um I think like people like will poke fun at things yeah. but it was no like no no hate no like no no bullying for like doing things online and I honestly did some pretty embarrassing things like <laughs> really embarrassing things like there's such Didn't we em- all <laughs> embarrassing things like there's like there's videos they're really cute but it's like I was kind of too old to be doing this of me like um kind of singing recipes because I used to do like musical theater oh, yeah and like yeah, that's like bullying material, I don't know. But like, no, people in my life were like really nice to me a lot about it, at least to my face. Um, and it really like, I didn't start to get like more negativity until um, like, because when it's all people you know following you, there's like community control. Like everyone knows, like anyone who was following me, even if they didn't know me personally, because like by by the time I was like a junior in high school, I maybe had like a thousand followers on Instagram. Um, Even though I, did, I didn't know all those people personally, like it was either my friend someone who went to another high school in Mm -hmm. my my area someone's cousin like you know it wasn't people weren't that far separated from me so like it wasn't like you're not gonna like be rude to someone like that but then on tiktok tiktok is a lot different than instagram because Mm -hmm. on instagram you only see the in your feed at least at this time you only saw posts of people you knew and chose to follow tiktok shows your videos to like people who do not know who you are who did not choose to follow you you just show up it's almost like you're forced upon them and so like they feel like they have a lot more of a right to critique Mm -hmm. um and like people like are hiding behind a screen a lot more and like most people on tiktok like their name isn't even on their profile so that's like it wasn't until much later that like i experienced like negativity Mm -hmm. um on social media yeah let's talk about tiktok for a second what are your thoughts
0: on TikTok like the algorithm I feel like I saw something that you were like shadow banned for a hot second and also just like trends because I feel like you also were doing the like balsamic soda do you remember that yeah I remember like seeing your video and you were like I was doing this like so long ago it's just like blowing up right
1: now and I was like whoa that's so interesting yeah no it is it's there's like there's a lot um I'm trying to think of where to start I guess just like I'll start in the beginning of your question. It's just like, what do I think about TikTok? Mm -hmm. Ultimately, I think that TikTok is, is slash at least was at a point in my life, like really, really positive. I think that Mm -hmm. it's like a really good app. I think that it brought people together a lot especially like i started tiktok right before covid i started like january 2020 i had been on tiktok as a user before like i was on tiktok summer 2019 which is like okay. the most <laughs> iconic time to be alive like it was an incredible time but anyway i started like really i made the claire can cook tiktok in 20 the very beginning of 2020 um and i which i made it like right after i turned 18 not for any reason but it's like I've never been a minor the entire time I've owned my account, but yet I still will get like minor violations. That's not important <laughs> though. But um, I, um, so anyway, TikTok, I started it. It it opened me up to so much more than like on Instagram. Like I said, it was only ever like, I had followers who I didn't know, but like it was only ever like, you know, people with some vicinity to me. But TikTok just ended up connecting me to people um, all over all over. And like, um, I, I was also working on my podcast, Claire Can Cook podcast at the time. And um, it, I met so many people who ended up being guests. I made so many friends. I always joke that I made more friends um, my first semester of college. I made more friends like from taking TikTok seriously and doing TikTok than I did from any college activities because I was online. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was, it like that. Yeah. I think that TikTok is really positive in my life and it really, um, grew my platform like a lot bigger like I was always doing like the first um maybe first 15-20 episodes I did of my podcast no one was listening like no one more than like 30 or 40 people were like listening to any given episode but I was still doing it like I was not doing it for an audience like there could have been zero listeners and I probably would have still made it. Like I would have still posted because I did, I did it for many years before there was anyone really watching. But it is really nice to have an audience like when you're putting a lot of work into something it's really nice. And like TikTok was the way I was able to reach that. And Mm -hmm. so that is amazing. Um, As far as like algorithm and trends kind of shifting to that, um, I think it's really interesting because the algorithm is constantly changing. And it one thing that's hard is that the content that i make that a lot of people love me for that like i know is it's the content that made people follow me it's the content that like got me my like i i have about thirty five thousand tiktok followers which might not sound like a lot um but it is a very like there are very devoted section of this these people Mm -hmm. which is it's really amazing yeah um and an interesting thing is, so what I do on TikTok, because it's like, what do I do on TikTok? My main thing I do is um, what I eat in a day videos. Like that's the flagship. I do a lot of other stuff, mm-hmm. but that's really what I just would do every day because I was cooking so much in quarantine. It was really fun to share. Um, and I just, I think I have like, such a love for food that I think that like it just translates like on screen because it's like everybody eats every day, but I don't think everyone could film it every day and have it be interesting, but I just can. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um anyway, and that's what people followed me for. That content, I still do it now and I still do it pretty much every day. Um, it doesn't do as well in the app anymore. Like mm-hmm. the content that got me my original following is no, no longer what the app favors in its algorithm, which is hard because there's a dissonance between what I know that people actually like from me and what they wanna see, but what the app will show them. Like Mm -hmm. even if someone wants to see your video, It's not like YouTube. Like when you have a favorite YouTuber, you will search up their video and go to their profile to watch it. But on TikTok, you just rely on the algorithm to show you what you like. Like you don't put any thought into it and someone could be a huge fan of someone and like there might be a TikToker who you love and follow, but like the app will just kind of stop putting them on their For You page and I'll have people comment saying like, oh my God, this is my first time seeing you in months. Like, where have you been? And it's like, oh, I've been posting every day. I've been posting every day. Yeah, Yeah, and so uh, those types of things, like, it's hard. So I, there's been times where it's really um, frustrated me because it's like, it's, I've never, since I've been like, had a following, I haven't really had a doubt that like, there are people who want to see what I'm doing Mm -hmm. because I know that there are. Like, and I, it's not about like, you know, ego but it's just like I I've it's concept proven I know that like people's what people want hasn't changed it's just what the app has valued has changed like Mm -hmm. the algorithm so I have had to do more trendy stuff not that I have to do it because it's honestly really funny and fun but it is like it it just is different um so I think it's interesting because like my most viewed most like video um I don't even talk about food in it. It has nothing to do with food, which is weird because the majority of like my steady like likes and follows and stuff come from my food content. But then my one like runaway hit video, I think it's like <laughs> it's my it it's my like my most liked video. I'm literally talking about I don't even talk in it. I just it's like a trend um it's hard to like this is an audio format it's, yeah like, it's not hard hard to explain. <laughs> but it's me pretty much doing a trend that essentially boils down to like um like I'm having a conversation I don't like but at least I'm not having it with a man like that literally <laughs> is essentially like what the joke is mm-hmm. um and, and that was the trend and like that was by far my most liked video. Mm-hmm. Not particularly dynamic, not really anything to do with my personality, but it, I think that that demonstrates it's like, oh, well, that's like what did does well now. And yeah. so it's interesting. I feel like I just make the content I like though because I wouldn't do it If I didn't, like it's kind of the thing I do for fun. So like, yeah, yeah. Long-winded answer because I can talk a lot about TikTok. I know, it's so interesting. I think
0: what's great about TikTok is that anyone can go viral. Like the potential for virality is definitely there. And I feel like you kind of experienced that when you said like your following really grew when you went on TikTok and everything, but also on the flip side of that. It's hard to balance like your content but also like what does well, um, but random anecdote, but like I like sometimes m- like making TikToks like just little oh, montages to, like doesn't I'm everyone? Yeah. I'm tuned in. And oh yes, You're up. you always comment. You're up. It was everything to me. <laughs> and I posted one TikTok about berries and cream at Wimbledon and it blew up and it was the worst video ever I was
1: probably like one of the first viewers so I probably (laughs) didn't know that it blew up because I'm so loyal
0: (laughs) and I was like so confused why it blew up because it was horrible the angles were horrible I just thought it was like funny and then it blew up, and I was like, "This is oh, so
1: interesting." Totally, like, I have so many anecdotes of stuff. Like, my first video that ever, like, kind of quote unquote, went viral. This was like, t- a, like summer twenty nineteen. My friends and I were like building a set for a play, and we we're using like this kind of hot wire cutter, which is like a really interesting tool mm-hmm. to cut foam, and it was just really satisfying. Oh, yeah, and it was like kind of like an oddly satisfying video it had like a young gravy song in the background and i like put a hashtag on it because we were like haha and then we went to a party that night and all night i would like go to my friend and be like look how many views look how many views and that was my first actually time like it had nothing to do with clerk and cook my face is not even the video it was on a different account but like my first taste of that like randomness and then sometimes some of my videos that aren't like my most liked videos or anything but like it'll be a video no caption no like no hashtag Mm -hmm. nothing and just like for example a video that like it didn't I guess I can categorize things like I think the term viral is really subjective because to some people viral is like 30,000 views to some people it's 30 million views like Mm -hmm. it's but it just means like getting What what how I describe it is getting past the people who f- follow you, mm-hmm. like when more people seeing your video are people who don't follow you than people who do. That's Agreed. kind of like there's videos that cross that line. You know what I mean? Most days, like either the people who follow me are the people who are still regularly seeing the content, and then a video will get pushed further to people who are not. And like my friends and I who make content will, will be like, oh, this passed my target audience. Now I'm getting hate comments because mm. you're no longer seeing it. But like for example, I made. It it, making videos that are controversial or people will purposely say things wrong in the earlier days of TikTok, people would purposely spell things wrong, purposely do things wrong. So people will comment to correct them or to hate on them or to share their opinion. And that's something that also feeds algorithm. So like, for example, I kind of did this like kind of as a joke, but I kind of knew that it would like get attention Mm -hmm. was like, this was about a month ago, two months ago. I was like at Air One, um, which like will hate. Um, but I was at Air One and I was there alone and I like, I love grocery stores and I just go there for fun. But I found like camel milk and it was in the freezer section. It was probably about like $40 for the bottle. Mm-hmm. And I did this I think I saw this. I, yeah, and yeah. I just I used an audio that was like I don't understand, I don't understand. I posted a video of like me looking crazy, and then a picture and a video of the camel milk, and then the cap, the the text on the video said, um, "BRB like breaking veganism for camel milk," <laughs> and anyone who knows me would know that's a joke. Like yeah. I would never break veganism on purpose um Mm -hmm. like i just wouldn't and it's not a problem if other people do but that's just like if you actually know me if you watch my content you would know that that Mm -hmm. isn't something i would do and it was just a joke i was like lmao like ha 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 and then it starts to be like people being like oh like vegan people are dumb and like oh this like then getting into the criticism of like criticizing me for being vegan vegan people criticizing me for breaking veganism Mm -hmm. that I wasn't actually breaking and then like people being like honestly like I would do that too and then people being like oh my god $40 is so expensive like all these things that like it all surpassed like my joke was just that like this is so random that this is at the store. Mm -hmm. It's $40. That was just like the thing, no captions, no hashtags, but like it. you don't need the caption or hashtags or like that if the element in the video is strong enough and it's often that something people can be mad about and that video was something, Mm, people could be mad about the price, people could be mad about me being vegan, people could be like, anger is the strongest tool of um, being, like things being able to like, go further Mm -hmm. Um, and people also people always want to be right people will do anything to correct you anything to correct you what you're doing and like just or like anything for their thing to be better like Mm -hmm. like if I'm using one type of milk like this milk is better try this and it's like okay I've been vegan for like five years like I've tried that type of milk trust (laughs) me like um so yeah that's like and so like the berries and cream thing it's also it's like that works really well because it's something that like a lot of people don't know that berries and cream are like the official dessert of Mm -hmm. wimbledon so like to them they're like it's just kind of absurdism like Mm -hmm. the berries and cream joke is of course played out but still funny yeah and then like why are all these people eating berries and cream? I'm not familiar with this. I think it's also the TikTok's the first time people have really like had to engage with understanding that other people live lives that aren't like theirs. Like mm-hmm. TikTok's the first time that I've seen like what it's like to live in like suburban Kentucky. Like I never would, that would never be on my Instagram feed but yeah. it comes up on TikTok, like, you know, random stuff like that. So it really mm-hmm. like opens, it opens a lot of doors and it's like, it's it's what is good and what is bad about the app. Yeah. <laughs> and also you mentioned that you met a lot of people
0: through tiktok what was that experience like because you i know you also interviewed them on your cleric and cook podcast
1: so like i was just kind of so it was really interesting um being a like i still like it's funny because it's like i've been doing this for a long time and i there's a lot of quantifiable success in what i've done that like i am proud of but like Honestly, for someone who's been doing this as long as I have, a lot of people get like a hundred thousand followers in a month. Like, mm-hmm. but it's like I—that's not what I've done. Like, I've just kind of slowly gained followers, had a lot of successful videos. I've literally started trends on the app, but like, yeah, it—it it hasn't. I don't. I just don't think I have the mass appeal, which is okay. Um, but there, the the interesting thing about that is that there is um. People started following me when I maybe only had 10,000 followers who were much more famous than me, like who were had a lot more traction. And I was like, but just because they liked my videos, like mm-hmm. people in the food space, people. And and I was just like, oh, my God, like I need to capitalize on this. <laughs> like um, and it's just like being kind of starstruck. So I was like in, on TikTok, you can only DM someone if you follow each other. Okay. Um, so suddenly I would be mutuals with these people who had a lot more followers on me than me. The first example is again, okay, capitalized was like a strong word. This is my friend Ashley Wicca. Like now we both live in LA and like we hang out. Um, <laughs> but she followed me when I didn't, and she's like a big vegan personality. And she followed me and we had um, like, I could DM her and I was like, oh my God, this is my chance, literally. TikTok you used to not be able to DM on an account unless you had a phone number and I didn't have a phone number attached to my account because my phone number was on my other account so I literally had to use my mom's phone number because I had not set up DMs yet but I was like I need to DM Ashley Mm -hmm. so all that to be said is like so I DM'd her and I was like hey do you want to come on my podcast like we weren't doing anything it was the thick of COVID like why would she say no and I had already had her friend on my podcast before but then she said yes and then the more people who were higher profile who I had on my podcast, this is the Claire Can Cook podcast, to be clear. The more people I had on the podcast, the more that I could say, this person's been on the podcast and this person's been on the podcast. Do you want to be on it too? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like a really valuable network. Um, and so that's kind of like the businessy side of it. But then the social side of it that was really nice is so like then, okay, I have a person on my Podcast when we would be about like on Zoom for like an hour just talking about life and we'd really connect like that's how I really became like Ashley became like a friend who like it was kind of understood that like once I moved to LA like we would be friends here and like mm. or um my friend Justine um who she Justine snacks Justine Love snacks her. <laughs> who she's an incredible person like and she's she's kind of she's older than me so we're not exactly like peers but kind of more like. Sister, yeah, um, but she uh, like I had her on my podcast, and we like zoomed for like two hours and just talked, and it really like kind of brought that connection from from being like, oh, we DM each other, comment on each other's posts, so, like we mm-hmm. know each other, and so then when I was in New York the next summer, I like hung out with her in Brooklyn, like mm-hmm. you know what I mean, because it's like we really had that connection, and like on social media, like for like you're not always. The perfect people for you aren't always going to be just happen to be in your hometown or like like sometimes when you see like there will be TikToks that are like eight billion people in this world and you really think like your soulmate lives like in your hometown. (laughs) And like I mean this in like a friendship way, but it's like when you have social media, you suddenly connect to so many more people and find people who are like just like you and like have that special interest that it's like no one else at my high school was doing like food social media, Mm -hmm. but on social media I could meet people doing the same thing as me who then we all use our like friends only stories to talk about like hey is anyone struggling with this or like this food thing and like it's so cool to then watch some of my friends go on to like write books and like do amazing things and um I think that I was in a really unique position in TikTok uh, when I was on TikTok that because I was kind of so isolated from college that I really had I really opened myself up to making friends online, which I I know a lot of people have like you know internet friends growing up. I didn't have internet; I wasn't like a kid like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it just kind of opened me up to that, and it's a lot of people who I still know and connect with and talk to now. Yeah. So that's the good thing about TikTok, especially is that it like shows.
0: Well when the algorithms working at its yeah. best yeah it shows you videos that like you have a common interest in you can find like new creators that you like and for you you can find new creators that you can become friends with
1: yeah it's it's amazing and it's also funny like how algorithm brings people together because like if anyone is into fashion tiktok um there's tiktoker old loser in brooklyn um mandy lee she she's really the one who she really popularized trend forecasting on tiktok Mm -hmm. she's a professional trend forecaster and she also like i don't know she's really cool but it was really funny because we followed each other on tiktok when we both maybe had like Three thousand followers and now she's a star like she like invited to so many shows at new york fashion week like featured in vogue writing pieces Dang. for ellen vanity fair and like she's amazing and it's so incredible to me that like like if i had found her now she would never know who i am you know what mm-hmm. i mean but we connected with each other when we were both in such a growth stage on the app um and like we don't even do the same things necessarily like she does fashion i do food but like the app just kind of works in mysterious ways to like connect you with people and i think that like we both just even have such a mutual appreciation for what each other do um and it's really freaking cool and so i yeah i even had her come onto my food podcast even though she was a fashion girl because i was like why not yeah yeah
0: Okay, switching things a little bit. You said that you are student by day, um, influencer by night. So (laughs) how do you balance, I guess, just like being on social media a lot and like prioritizing your mental health? Because I know a lot of people, they're like, oh, like, social media harms my mental health. So how do you like respond to that? And like, what do you do to like prevent it from, I guess like just getting like burnt out or letting it get in your head?
1: Yeah, Um, I've gone through so many different phases and ups and downs. Um, There also, of course, is the expression, um, I'm taking a break from my mental health to focus on social media, (laughs) um, which I am guilty of sometimes. Um, Like, I don't think I'm always perfect with putting my mental health first. Um, But there's a couple of things that I do so, um, first of all, like there was a time where TikTok was my entire life because I, when I was here at USC, not, but not actually at USC doing USC online, all I did was just like make TikToks, talk to my friends on TikTok, and then sleep for the other eight hours of the day. Like I'd sleep 10 hours a day she sleep 10 hours a night and then like five hours during the day and all the other waking time i'd either be in zoom class or making tiktok like Mm -hmm. that's a kind of pretty crazy life to be living like and i mean to me making tiktoks doesn't mean sitting in my room it means like going to restaurants and cooking food it's like more productive but um so like and i was so exposing so much of my life online and i would go live i would live stream on tiktok and so people and honestly at this time i had fans it's really funny to say that. But it's it's really true. It's really true. It's just like people who were so invested in my life. Like and my life was nothing. Like my life was just like I I felt so purposeless because I was just I wasn't it was my time to be in college and I wasn't in college. Mm-hmm. And people were so into my life and so like by that I just mean like people would remember things. Like people would be like would and it's really nice but it's yeah. like I would mention something in a live stream and then someone would comment about it and like be like hey what's up with this like or whatever and like people I took care of my grandpa at that time and so it's like people would know my grandpa and like know this and know that and it's just like was a lot and it's mm-hmm. not it's just a lot of eyes to have on you and then it also can be hard because like that's really nice but the more people who like you the more people who dislike you so and true. a lot of the like my a lot of my like criticism on TikTok will be just like attacks on my personality. I'm like sorry. Negativity about my body cuz I'm like I'm vegan but I'm not skinny and it's just like people are like that like doesn't register in people's brains. Um and then also uh the like a lot of people like just come from different backgrounds and um don't understand like like be, like being able to like afford to go to nice restaurants. Like mm-hmm. for example that It's complicated because I first of all, I do come from like a position of a lot of like privilege. Um, I like grew up in the Bay Area and like I have really supportive parents and stuff like that. And which is really nice. Yeah. But also I go to restaurants and or make expensive meals at home. Because that's the content I make. Mm -hmm. Food is my hobby. There's more justification in trying more places and doing more of that. But people don't necessarily understand that. So then they would like critique it. And it's like, okay, well, like you spend money on your hobbies. And I spend money on mine, and like my hobby is food, Mm -hmm. but a lot. So that's where like a lot of that's like those are my kind of three main criticisms, and like the financial part of it, it's like you can talk about it forever. And now I like will make money off of food TikTok that I put back in to just buy. Yeah, so it's a (laughs) whole cycle. It's a whole cycle, but whatever. So then all that to be said is like, uh, this is, this is like December of 2020. I was just like very like overexposed is how I describe it. So this was like my biggest like mental health journey was I um, was also just like not doing great, like for just online school. It boils down to being doing online school, but essentially I, I took time off from life. I took time off. I took a whole semester off of school. I went on a wilderness course in Baja, Mexico. Um, and, this was a decision I made. It wasn't because I needed time away from the internet. I just, I, I literally like, consider considered like my break from just life as I knew it. Um, um, I did a lot of different things, but that involved not having a phone or social media for three months. Um, and I think that that really proved to me like, it was, it's really funny to go back to the last post that I posted before I left. For I took a three month break from TikTok. Um, and that's the only like extended break I've ever taken. Um, but I took a three month break and like I came home with just a really different relationship with social media and realizing like how much I had been overexposing my life and that like not and not that I was putting everything online but it was just like I had put myself under a microscope yeah. and kind of taking a step back. And I there was a couple of things I realized when I left for three months and came back because it wasn't three months not posting it was three months no phone you know what i mean and wow. three months no internet because i was camping and doing stuff like that um, three months is a long it's time it's a long time and so but the things i proved to myself the, that was a bit that's like a big thing that has happened in my life that i'm going to talk about it in the context of social media mm-hmm. is it proved to me a couple of things first of all i could leave and there were people still there when i came back like mm-hmm. I didn't lose all my followers. I gained followers in the time that I was off. I'm sure, Which was, like, interesting. And people also... And people missed me. Like, people would go back and... Like, like when I opened for my phone for the first time, there were so many people who had gone back to comment, like, when are you coming back? Like, in that... Like, that's, like, okay, I can take time away, and it's not just gonna all disappear. Like, it might not be the same, but it's not gonna all disappear. And it also taught me that, like, it's, like, there's so much of life that like you can enjoy and not have to film it and there's so much of life that you can film and enjoy Mm -hmm. and like that seems hard but like I was filming everything I did like everything I did was like content and not I didn't do things because they were content like I wouldn't go to a place just to film it but every place I went I filmed and it's like I can go some places and just not film it so Mm -hmm. that was really like my like reset as a person and that was only in like that was the spring of 2021 but then now fast forwarding to now as like a student I would just say that like the main things I do now is I try not to make social media my job like I have mm. I have jobs here at school yeah like I'm busy enough I have like not, not to say that social media isn't a real job but I have like jobs where I have to turn in a timesheet. you know yeah. what I mean like I have that type of job and it so then it kind of makes me feel like I don't need social media right at this time because I'm a student I don't need social media to be the thing that's like like my job. Mm-hmm. And it, I just right now I am keeping it even though like I will like monetize things from time to time. Like I um I can't like let I I don't I say no to most like partnerships and stuff like that because I don't like it for my mental health because here's why. If I'm like have the pressure from like an external company that's mm-hmm. like we're paying you to make this content and it needs to be this this and this and then i make it and i do it it's really stressful and hard where like like we said tiktok can turn on a dime and decide hey no one's gonna see this video and this video is gonna do badly and you had made an agreement with this company and they had counted on you for you and your following to like do this thing and it's really complicated and hard Mm -hmm. and like that is just too stressful for me because it's like with the algorithm and stuff it's crazy it's hard it changes all the time but like It's just an algorithm. But once you start to tie it to like deliverables and ads and stuff like that, that's when it gets crazy. So I don't do that like that much, unless it's something that I really, really want to do and seems fun for me. Um, And I think that that's like a privileged position because I do have friends like my friend Ashley, who I mentioned earlier, social media is her job. She Mm -hmm. does not go to school. She works full time. She does social media and it's really incredible. Like, and that's and I just remind myself that like, that's not what I'm doing. So I don't have to pretend that I am Yeah. Um, because it's it, for her, it's a full-time job. She does that instead of being a student. And it's like, that's, I don't have to do that. I'm in mm-hmm. school right now. So that's one thing. And then the other thing is I just, I like to share about being on at USC, but I try not to anchor my identity as a content creator around being a student. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say that I'm a college student just to, I, I really like when I started, I always, referred to myself as a teenager just because it was like what I did I don't know why about how it, that started but then I turned 20 and I was like I need to rebrand and so then I became <laughs> identity crisis so then I, yeah literally and people started commenting so much like what are you gonna do when you turn 20 what are you gonna do when you turn 20 I was like I don't know so sometimes I'll just be like I'm a col- I'm a gluten-free vegan college student like mm-hmm. I'll say that but I'm not like I try not to make every video about being at USC and being mm-hmm. a student and being a journalism student and it's not that I don't talk about it but it's like I don't want them to be too intertwined. Um, Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like a kind of a work-life balance. Um, That's interesting. I feel like a lot of
0: influencers are used to follow were branded as like being a student and then when they graduated they're like oh well I'm like someone navigating like post-grad life and then I was like okay at one point are you like not considered post-grad like I was just like yeah, wondering just like a person yeah like how they're gonna do this so I think that that's interesting like what you root yourself as on the internet
1: well yeah that's Cause you thing. don't want to get stuck yeah, yeah I don't I yeah I, don't, I still don't know about because I I started TikTok when I was 18, which is already old. Like, but I just like was contextualizing who I am to followers. I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm a teenager. Because I, I, I am. Yeah, and I mean, there's like a TikTok sound right now that's like, I'm a girl, I'm a teenage girl, only 23 years old. And I'm like, that's me. Like, I'm going to still be a teenager when I'm 23. But I just like, for some reason, and it just rolled off the tongue, like gluten-free vegan teen, that's what everyone knew me as. Like, people would recognize me in public and be like, you're a gluten-free vegan teen. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that's me. That's me. And people will still say that to me now. But, um, <laughs> I'm not anymore. But I'm still gluten-free and vegan. I'm just not a teen. Um, But the teenager part... It just was, like, easy, and mm-hmm. so then, but then it became, like, I'm not a teenager anymore. So, yeah, I still don't know. Like, I, I used to have a super consistent intro to every video I made, and I don't anymore because... I was wondering about that, Yeah, I, I used to, yeah. from probably my first, like, 300 what I eat in a day is, 200 what I eat in a day is, are, all have the exact same intro. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until later that I, and I would always show my outfit in the beginning. Um, I kind of liked, I like, I like I your always, like consistency. Yeah. And I still do consistent content, but yeah. I turned 20 in January. Like it's been a little while now. I still haven't nailed down. Like, cause I'm, I can't just be Claire. I'm, cause I have to explain that I'm gluten-free and vegan. Cause that's just a part of it. Like, yeah. I think, I think it's not that my content is for gluten-free vegan people, but it's just like, it's what makes it kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, Um, And that's what I first started with. It was like, hey, I eat interesting things even though I have this weird diet. (laughs) Um, But it's like, I don't want to just be like, oh, I'm Claire, I'm gluten-free and vegan. I want to be like gluten-free, vegan, college student or teenager or something. And like sometimes this summer, I didn't always say this, I said this a couple of times. I was like, as a intern working in media and (laughs) and I was just like, yeah. So I haven't like, found what my exact brand is right now it's okay, um, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. figuring it out yeah I think that's <laughs>
0: perfectly fine um okay so can you run me through really quick like how a brand deal works because I feel like a lot of people obviously see it all the time but they just don't necessarily know the behind the scenes
1: yeah um I'm I'm no expert I would say because I will preface that like what I do is a lot like I have, as I've mentioned, I have a lot of friends who are a lot more successful on social media than me, um, and sometimes their brand deals will be several month processes of, like, plan the content, like, a month or two months before, and then, like, it, it can take different amounts of time, yeah. but I'll use an example, um, and I think I can share this, I don't know, is... Um, I recently did a collaboration with Veggie Girl, um, um yes. that restaurant. And this was like I posted the first part yesterday and I'm posting the second part on Monday. And I would say we started this process about a month ago. And pretty much what happens is most of the time an influencer marketing agency reaches out to a company um or has already partnered with a company and they are like headhunting influencers got it so i think the company says hey we want to target these people and then they pass it on to this company and they find the influencers who somehow it's me sometimes and um then there's kind of like that person is like the liaison between the person and the company they propose like Kind of, generally, like what you, um, what it would involve. Like, are you interested? And then you're saying like, "Hey, I am." So then you talk like kind of financial, like how much it would cost. Yeah. Um, and that's the part that I, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, that's. Um, amazing. it's hard because there's kind of the elements of like the service an influencer is giving is. Because that's the thing. Some people think that influencers are paid too much or whatever, but I think a lot of influencers are paid too little Mm -hmm. because if you're making a video, like if a brand were to make that video for themselves, they would have to hire creative director, um, set designer, wardrobe, food styling, um, talent, all those things. When you are making the video, you're doing that all yourself. Mm -hmm. Like for this, for like, like, you know, I just am the person I think of the idea. Like you're doing that. So you're providing several services that like if they were doing it in a traditional marketing way, it would have been several jobs for several people. So that's one service. You're like the literal creation of the content. And some people do something called UGC. It's called user generated content, which is content that it doesn't even have to do with who's making it. But it's just when a company outsources content to regular people so that's one part of the service you're you're providing the other thing you're providing is your face and your brand and like who you are as a person and it's like people know me and a lot of people trust me like so that's why i don't there's so many things i don't really i don't really do i don't i don't there's a lot of things that i kind of in my head i, I say no to and the main thing anything with like skinny in the title of the product yeah. no Anything like that's focused around being keto? No. Mm-hmm. Anything like there's a lot of things I have nose for. Yeah. So it's a person an integrity and something you trust a face. That's another thing they're paying for. And then that in turn, if you're posting it on your account, that's like an asset. And then they might also decide to use your likes and your image in the video you created as their ad and post it on their account and even maybe post it as a promoted tiktok that's like Mm, from them so that's another thing so those are all the different services you're providing so with the influencer marketing agency you and there can be an exclusivity so like hey i did a video with this um like an almond milk company so for the next month I'm not going to endorse any other... I'm not going to do a deal with any other almond milk company or plant milk company. You know, like, there could be exclusivity. So, all those are, like... There's so many, like, you know... um, There's so much different, like, hats in the ring of, like, what's... in a lot of people don't know. And, like, this is something that it's, like... I've just kind of, like... Like, the more I will read things and learn things, I'm like, oh, this is an asset I have. This is an asset I have. Mm. And even though I don't have, like, a million followers, these are all valuable things. So, with the Influencer Marketing Agency, um, you... And sometimes it will be an in-house person from the company you negotiate like okay um this is how much it's going to cost i'm going to make this many videos they're going to be this length you're going to whitelist them which means if something's whitelisted that means that the company you give them access to your video that they could pay to promote it if they wanted to and then you also um you're like they have the con they own the content now like or uh, i will also provide them with the raw footage if they want to use it for something else, all those different things you figure out like you're selling something to them. Mm -hmm. Then the creative process, it really can depend how much control they want. Like when I was working on veggie girl, like they did, like I sent several versions like back and forth, change this, change this. Um, So it can really like be specific um, of what they want. And that's kind of between the influencer marketing agency, you're the influencer they're the agency and the company is the client so they'll be like the client wants you to change this the client wants the client likes this and then so much back and forth I feel like. yeah it's a lot of back and forth and that's why there's whole agencies that do this because like it's full-time job. yeah it's a lot of like there's it's an industry like it's not just like oh, we're going to pay you this much money and you're going to post something. Like there's, a. I mean, some, so that's like the whole thing. And then there's the other thing that I will just quickly touch on is like gifted collaborations. I love gifted collaborations. Like a lot of, not i just like getting stuff to try and then just share with my followers and i post what i eat every day so like any smart company would just give me things because i'll if i eat it i'll post it and then people will know about it but the way that some gifted this is when people try to screw influencers over or not screw them over but just like take advantage of them is like hey i sell this it's always like protein powder something random (laughs) but it's like i sell this protein powder you'll get Ten pounds of protein powder. If you post like five videos, they're not they they, you they're, they're not giving the any money. They're paying you in a product you've never tried. Um, they're asking you to only say like often only say positive things about the product mm-hmm. to your followers who trust you. Like that's all. No, no, no. A lot of times I'll say, hey, I'll try the product, but like I can't do that like yeah. and I will not I never want to be paid in product the only time I've accepted like being paid in product if it's something that I genuinely like like a brand I've let pay me in product is Bob's Red Mill because i love bob's red mill yeah, product buy i'm buying that anyway it's a brand i know i love one of my very popular videos early on was about me going on my own to on a voyage to go visit the bob's red mill headquarters by myself like i was a super <gasps> fan so like i was really open to doing that type of collaboration with them because yeah. i was like hey i just want to work together i want to do recipe development they send me so much nice stuff like that stalks my pantry and like that's that's like an example of hey, it's not always no, but when it's a company I've never heard of, never tried, and then they're acting like you, you'll be rewarded with this product. Like, I'm I like, don't even I don't I like it. I don't want it. Like, yeah. keep it. Like, I don't want it. Um, thanks, so but no thanks. Yeah, but I love. I, like, it's really nice to just get to try things. There's so many things I've gotten to try, and a lot of things I've really liked that then I've like. um... Like, there's this company called Gia, G-H-I-A, and it's a non-alcoholic spirit. Um, you can find it, like, at any, like, pretentious store. Um, and they're so fun, because I don't drink, which is, like, kind of a random part about my content that I sometimes post about. Um, but, like... I didn't really know what non-alcoholic spirits even were and they offered yeah. to like send me some and I tried it and I really liked it and then like we'll just dm back and forth and they're like do you need a restock?" and I'm like yeah, yeah I do <laughs> like, it's great like it's super fun and like that's a super like fun relationship I have with this brand like it's not monetary but it's just kind of like I like your product and like I would love to receive it for free and like be like oh like gift from them like and that's part of what being an influencer is like I don't think that every single exchange has to be paid but if you're actually like giving your assets which would be in-depth content creation, your face, your platform, letting them repost your stuff in a way, like people have different values about that, but that's like how a brand deal works to me. At, at, at the As someone who has, like 30,000 followers on TikTok. Um, also, I don't really pitch myself that much. Like I, a lot mm-hmm. of people who are maybe my size, who are like girl boss, micro influencers will be like pitching themselves to companies for brand yeah. deals. I don't, I don't have time for that. Again, yeah. it's not my job. Um, the other thing is like affiliate programs, which is based mm-hmm. on how much you sell. Yeah. I don't really like doing that either. Cause for example, like there's a computer company, unnamed computer company that I really like, but like they were kind of trying to get me to do their affiliate program with them. And I was like, I guarantee people kt that people are buying my kombucha because europe kombucha because of me but they're not ordering it online like a lot of stuff it's like someone is going to go buy it at whole foods not order it online yeah. so to me like a lot of food products people buy at the store and not online like i think it works well for maybe if you do clothes or makeup but like mm-hmm. i don't do that and so a lot of food stuff like if i'm endorsing an ice cream for an affiliate link like I'm no, I I I don't. I've been sent ice cream before, which is cool because they send in this like freezer package. But it's like no one is buying ice cream online. Like (laughs) people buy it at the store. So anyway, that's like really long winded. That's me like my (laughs) business side. Um, do you (laughs) handle all of the communication between the influencer marketing agencies? Yeah, I do. Girl boss. (laughs) Yeah, I do. Um, but it's like again, like it's not um. A lot, a lot of it is just like I'm doing this on my own yeah. time like that's the thing. sometimes like brands will like ask for really quick t- I'm like I am a student like I will get this to you like I can't get this to you at noon I'll get it to you at night mm-hmm. because sometimes it's like sometimes I think that Companies will have to deal with like influencers sometimes not being timely. So I get setting deadlines, but I'm like, hey, like I am doing this, but I also have school. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Okay, let's talk about your new
0: podcast, Clarity. So love it. Mm-hmm. Why did you decide to start? This new podcast because you have Claire can cook which you interview people and that's more like food based so I guess if you could just like explain to people why you wanted to start the second one
1: yeah um so it's two things Claire can cook podcast is like probably one of my proudest accomplishments of my life um, it has about forty episodes like really amazing like it just opened a lot of doors for me yeah. I would say that like I started it I wrote my college essay pretty much about it it's what got me here to USC I think is like knowing that this is an industry I want to get into but um I started to have less and less time for it at school mm-hmm. because I now I work on podcasts and I like have been learning about podcasts and I didn't know longer had time to like coordinate guests and like yeah. do all that stuff and so I kind of just put it on a back burner. I don't think I've come out with an episode since like December, last December because it was just kind of like I don't think it's it's not gone. Like you can still listen to it and I probably will make episodes again someday, but like I just put it put it aside. Yeah. Um and to work on other things. Um because the mount like when it was in its peak I it was during that time that I was explaining when I wasn't I was just doing online school I was making friends on TikTok I just had time to like make episodes yeah. I was coming out with so many episodes like and I just stopped having that time um, and because I became a student and um, like a real student and I yeah so then that's one thing it's so clarity is just a lot more laid back um, it's just me talking into a microphone it's nothing else it's no guests it's no at least i might do an like i've been i really like the podcast bingetopia and like they do the podcasts a lot of times that are like still just chatty but they will have done some research and be talking Mm -hmm. about like a real topic and i've been thinking about like maybe doing something not like copying them but like maybe being like okay i'm going to talk about this topic but i'm going to like research before and kind of try to like talk through it um but so I've considered doing that but for the most part it's literally just telling me my life experiences um and part of what so part of it is it's easy and it's fun the other part is like I it's not easy easy but it's a lot easier than the other one yeah um I like have been searching for a way to kind of have an outlet that was not necessarily like Claire can cook that wasn't like it I still connected to my Cleric & Cook brand but like that was not cooking. Mm-hmm. Like, I just had really pigeoned my from the beginning it was Claire & Cook. On my Instagram account, I still, on TikTok, I post everything. On the Instagram account, I pretty much still keep it very strictly food. Like a lot of people will turn their, like once they get followers, turn it into like a lifestyle page, yeah. post a lot of pictures of themselves. I just don't really do that. I don't really I don't like to be on camera that much like that sounds literally crazy because I film myself all the time but like I am not someone who can constantly be posing for photos and creating that kind of content so like I I didn't do that I also don't really on my story I'll post restaurants and stuff but I'm not posting like the food I'm eating at restaurants it's really purely the food that I cook and I really just kept it like that and I really still like that and I really like kept it to that and um I would sometimes like I have a, I have a Claire can cook blog too. The blog's down right now. Um, because I'm having troubles with my website, (laughs) but, um, I've had the Claire can cook blog for a long time and it's mostly about food, but sometimes I would write about like, these are the books I really like right now. Or like, you know, I would write about other stuff, but like for the most part, it was always food. And like also TikTok, I talk about fashion. Sometimes I talk about stuff, but ultimately at the end of the day, it was like, 90% food Mm -hmm. so I wanted something that was just not about food like I don't think I'll ever do an episode that's 100% about like I don't think I'm I'm never going to do an episode like about veganism I'm never going to do an episode about like whatever like a restaurants. like Mm -hmm. that's just not what it is because that's so much of what I do everywhere else and I do have like I know that there are a lot of people who are literally like I don't even care about food I don't even I'm not gluten-free. I'm not vegan. I just like think you're interesting. And I'm like, oh, I bet. Like, that's <laughs> cool. Like, I love talking. And to explain the podcast a little bit, it's um Claire, my name. Therapy. Therapy? Claire Um, to make sense of it, the cover of it is like this portrait of a woman um, laying down. Um, and like then I like kind of like deep fried it in like different (laughs) colors and then just like wrote Clarity, and I put her on a couch Um, but the reason I did that is because it's kind of the concept of just like laying down on a couch like talking to a shrink Um, there's a full if you go on the Clarity Instagram there's a full image of like the original Clarity concept art and it's like the woman laying on a couch, talking to a therapist whose head is a computer. Like that was the original thing. And like, that's the essence of the show. Um, and so that's that's like how I describe it. Um, and topics I've talked about so far, the last episode was about college admissions. I've talked about um, confidence. I've talked about um, uh, queer literature. And um how to have fun on the internet is like my favorite. It was my first, it was mm-hmm. the episode because I had thought about it for a long time and then I thought, and I was like, I had a note app about it. I had been talking about this probably since like last November, the, the name Claropy came to be, but I didn't know what Claropy was going to be. And I hadn't been thinking about it for too long. But then when I had the idea of how to have fun on the internet, I was just like, or it's maybe how to enjoy the internet is what it's called. That's when I was like, oh, this is my first episode. Mm-hmm. So, and it, The main format of it, I didn't intend this, but this is what it is. I pretty much will start at a certain point in my life, which I have a really good memory. So a lot of times I'll be like getting into the details of what I was doing in middle school, which is like kind of crazy. But like I'll just start usually at a certain point of my life and then talk through up to the current day Um, or like the college admissions when I just started from the beginning of senior year to the end of senior year pretty much. But like and I'll just talk through a, a pers- like a part of my life like and mm-hmm. so I'll like I did like an episode about period so I did like I talked kind of about like before, then like first period, and then like through middle school, and then what and like how my relationship changed in high school, and then how I dealt with my period living in the backcountry for three months. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, so it just kind of like going through how different things have existed in my life. Mm-hmm. And that's the format. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> I really like that it feels really
0: intimate, and then you are like, I don't know, I feel like it's just like two, well, I guess not too, since like you're not really interacting with you, but it's just like I'm sitting in the same room with you, like listening yeah, to you. Yeah, that's kind of like which,
1: th- what I like about it. The original concept was like no guests. I don't know if I'll never have a guest because yeah. there's some things I'm like, ooh, like maybe I would have a guest with ideas. It's like I'm the I'm the host and the listener <laughs> is the guest. Like yeah, it is there you go. it is a it's a two-person podcast. It's mm-hmm. me and you. Mm-hmm. And one time someone told me they're like, I was listening to the podcast in the car with my mom, and I was like, You were? Like, <laughs> I feel like it's more like in your earphones, listen alone type of thing, but sure. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so do you have anything
0: new or exciting in the works that you want to quickly shout out?
1: Um, no, I uh, I feel like Claripy is my main thing right now. Like yeah. I, I launched P, um, at the right at the end of July, right at the beginning of August. So that's like my my main thing these days. Um, I also have. I don't know i've just been i've been making tiktoks as always <laughs> yeah uh, i don't know like my my okay well here's one thing i'll say the claire can cook website is down right now but if you are for some reason really want to go on one of my websites you can go to who is <laughs> um because like one of my websites is down so i was like i need to make my other website better mm. because my um my My clericandcook.com domain right now is being like held hostage by a man in Serbia. It literally sounds (laughs) crazy. It sounds crazy. It sounds like it could be the plot of Pitch Perfect 4. (laughs) But um, I have no idea. It's really complicated and like a whole other thing about Hmm. how websites and domains work. But like essentially I didn't own my domain. I was renting it. And the person who I was renting it from like went bankrupt. And so then I was like, where'd my domain go? So You'll get it back. I'm, I'm gonna get I'm it back. I've been working on it. So, <laughs> anyway, yeah. <laughs>
0: If you are new to perspective we do a little speed around of questions on here so you can get to know our lovely guests on a more personal level and because perspective is an extension of spec magazine a lifestyle culture and wellness magazine here at the university of southern california we like to frame questions regarding those topics so to begin what is your favorite hike in la
1: my favorite hike in la um okay this isn't like some people will say this isn't a hike but it is my favorite hike in LA it's the Elysian Valley Trail um it's a fire trail right near Dodger Stadium in Echo Park it's just a fire road it's not like it's it's pretty much flat not a lot of incline and the reason why it's my favorite hike is because it was the first hike I really found in LA that was like not too far from school it's only like a 15 minute drive from USC and um it's really nice, and like you can also just walk down into Echo Park from there. Like I literally have like walked down and then just like gone to Monty's Good Burger after. Oh, like it's Monty's. really nice. Like you're really in the like you're still in the city, but it is a hike. And also, I did see Maggie Rogers on it this <gasps> summer. Not to dox her, but oh my god. Um, so it was kind of sick. Yeah,
0: that sounds like a lovely hike, and then finish up with Monty's. It's it like a
1: perfect day for me. Um, what USC orgs
0: are you involved
1: in? I'm involved um, in. SC Outfitters, um, which is the camping club. Yes, that's where I and met so, you. Yeah, that's actually where <laughs> Chloe and I met. Um, and it's, uh, so that's Hiking Question works well. Um, and I'm a guide for that. I'm going to Catalina Island next weekend and guiding oh, a trip exciting. there, which I'm really excited for. So it's going to be my first trip as like a guide, which is awesome. Um, and then I do KXSC radio, which is um, college radio. Every college pretty much has a radio station. So that's a USC one. Um, it's in the basement of the Student Union. And I like DJ. Um, and I do the social media for it and also we put on like house shows um, like concerts in backyards um, which is super cool and then um, I work in Annenberg Media Center where we are right now I'm a Mm -hmm. radio producer um, and then I also produce podcasts uh, over at Old Annenberg um, a a podcast called How Do You Like It So Far you'll never hear my voice on it but (laughs) I'm very behind the scenes on that show yeah (laughs) okay what's your dream job my dream job um, okay well there's like my dream job and the job I want okay Okay. my dream job is to be like Ina Garten Barrett folk (laughs) contessa like just like cook for my partner have a TV show about it like maybe live in the Hamptons and like I can so see that for you like I'd be totally (laughs) into that like if I could do anything that's what it would be um my actual thing that like I'm actually pursuing at this time in my life is I love podcasts I want to work in like creative audio production um I worked at a company this summer called crooked media and I worked on podcasts there and it really reaffirmed to me that I was like I would love to be like a producer on um like I worked on comedy and pop culture there I loved it like I would love to kind of go back to a similar role of that or work on um, like kind of more documentary style narrative podcasts um or maybe I'm still considering a career in public radio. Public radio is also really cool, um, but that's kind of more what I'm pursuing. Um, Just like a career in media, um, doing like continuing like social media to an extent, but I just love audio media. It's like Mm -hmm. really my love. So um, doing that, and then hopefully I like want to write a book at some point. just because i f- because I want to, but also like I think a lot of people who work in media, like if you're a writer or like that type of thing, like lots of books. Mm-hmm. Everyone writes books, and I'm like, I want to do that too. Yeah, not that's like not not to be peer pressured into writing a, a book. I but, feel like, like you'd be good at that. I would literally like it. I mm-hmm. love to write. Um,
0: um besides Claire Cook and Clarity, what's your favorite podcast? Oh, oh, Wow.
1: Well, <laughs> this this is perfect because um. Okay. When I was anticipating the questions that you might ask during this, <laughs> I didn't really know, but I thought that you'd maybe ask what my favorite wellness trend was. Ooh. Um. I was because I was like wellness. My favorite. So I'm gonna answer that with what my favorite podcast is. Okay. <laughs> my favorite trend in wellness is debunking wellness culture. Um. Like. I am obsessed with that because I'm someone like I'm drinking my Chagachino right now and I like whatever. I took my like kelp pills for breakfast with breakfast. Like I'm doing all like the weird wellness stuff. I like yoga, like all that stuff. But I also think that it's like a really problematic industry. Yeah. And so um, I... My favorite two, these are my two favorite podcasts. They go together and they also like, I think are good for the spec audience, um, are The Dream Podcast by Witness Docs. Um, season one, it's fascinating. Um, season one is called, no, season one is about multi-level marketing scheme. So if you've heard of Arbon, LuLaRoe, Amway, um, Moni. Mary Kay, all those like, you know, cosmetic companies and stuff that like um, sell yeah. as a pyramid scheme. Yeah, I was going to say pyramid um, It's pyramid schemes, yeah. but... Um, that's what season one about is what about in like pyramid schemes are very ingrained in the wellness industry. Um, and then season two, but that one's not explicitly about wellness. Season two is literally about the wellness industry. Um, and just like kind of the complex of like regulation and stuff in it. And it's done like a documentary. You feel like you're watching a Netflix series. It's the only podcast that I've ever binged, like it's a, it's, I've binged it faster than I've ever binged any other podcast. And it's really amazing, especially if you live in LA. A lot of the places they talk about on the podcast, like you can go to, I've like now been to, um, they like, It's really interesting. And then the other wellness podcast I like is called Maintenance Phase um, with Aubrey Gordon and Michael Hobbs. And they also just kind of do wellness and health and diet history. Um, One host will explain the the story to the other host. They did the Goop episode was this week. Mm -hmm. And honestly, they've been doing this podcast for two years. Like I had been waiting for the Goop episode and they just do the history of Goop and like the controversy of Goop and like how Gwyneth got into it. And like, it's so... There's all sorts of, like, really interesting episodes. Um, I definitely i to that one. it's a good combination of, like, celebrating health and stuff, but really, like, dismantling um, how, like, wellness plays a role in, like, capitalism. But mm-hmm. The Dream is the number one, and then Maintenance Phase. Okay. I love them. <laughs> well, I'll have to listen to those. Um,
0: what – or do you have, like, a favorite creator?
1: <sighs> yes. Um, So, I'll say my favorite TikToker is this is kind of more recent, is t- uh, Tall Neil. T A L L Neil, N E I L. And he, I don't know what his job is. He's like some type of uh, product specialist. I don't know. I'm obsessed with brands and products, I think they're super, super fascinating. And Tall Neil, all he does is is he is just really, really smart and he talks about the branding and decisions and um, like stories, everything from how logos work to like branding decisions of different consumer products. And I definitely it, need to follow it, him because that he is also fascinating. It is me. fascinating, like his videos, I'm like, it's like, babe, wake up. There's a new tall, tall Neil video. Like, it's so <laughs> exciting. So he is just so smart. And I found out that he was actually in my sister's grade in Berkeley. And I was like, you guys need to get married. Like reconnect with him. Um, like he was in a frat. She was in a sorority. They kind of knew each other. I'm like, I, when I found out my sister knew tall Neil, like I literally lost my mind. Um, but he, I love tall Neil. He introduced me. I talked about this on my podcast Um like the how to enjoy the internet part of that podcast was about websites that aren't social media that you can waste your time on um and thingtesting.com is just like a directory of consumer products that yeah. I love consumer products um not like buying them but just learning about them yeah and so he does that and definitely I think like the audience like the kind of of this like entrepreneurship wellness like those types of spec things like i think people would really like tall neil and then my other answer that i don't need to explain as much is like the green brothers john and hank green um which is like the nerdy answer so well they're both nerdy but yeah
0: okay i feel like you're always drinking cool beverages whether it's like kombucha or like peach matcha I don't know you're always like having a beverage and I'm like I've never heard of that so what is your favorite beverage Um, it can be like from a cafe
1: or one that you make okay just this is this question's really I'm gonna put the speed and speed round matcha and kombucha are like the two mother beverages to me at home my favorite thing to make is just a Either just a plain matcha. Recently, I've been using Chococino because they sent it to me. It's actually so freaking good. I was so skeptical and I really like it, Um, which is like I'm putting the well in wellness. (laughs) And then the other thing I really like is you brought this up briefly. Shrubs, which are like balsamic vinegar drinks, pretty much sparkling water with balsamic vinegar best drink ever um they're also getting more popular that now you can like order them at some cafes Hmm. like dinosaur coffee in silver lake has amazing shrubs as well as day glow in um silver lake and west hollywood um and then if i'm going now i will share a couple really unique drinks that you can get at cafes in la Okay. okay the tree frog from meme coffee on sunset boulevard um in silver lake is it's apricot um like puree Sparkling water with a shot of matcha. Ooh. Um sounds really good. It's really incredible. Um, anything from the airplane mode venue at Boba Guys specifically, I love fizzy matcha, is something I really like. So anything from the airplane mode venue, which would be um the my my specifically the lavender fizz matcha. Super good. Now I'm going to go for one more and I thought that I would like kind of try to shake it up <laughs> a little bit. Um I really love the um This is this is though this is close to USC okay. and it's not matcha or kombucha. It's chai. The hot pink mean girl chai from Le Boulon Coffee, which is about mm, it's like, it's probably a half hour walk from campus, but it's like a 10 minute drive. Um, and it's right on West Adams Boulevard. It's really cool women owned business. And she makes a pink chai using the Donna chai tea. Um, it's amazing and it's pink and it's amazing. Um, so that's my other favorite drink. Yeah. And best LA based kombucha companies are better booch and fermented kombucha. You know I love so drinks. so much about I love beverages. I love them. <laughs> Yeah, have you ever been to Maru Coffee? This yes. might be so basic. No, I'm no, sorry. no. I went because of you. Oh, did you try I the matcha? I went because of you. Yes, so good. I went because of you. Like, like at the we we met like right at the end of the school year last yeah. year. I remember like you and Miranda. I was talking to you guys, and you were just like, Maru Coffee, Maru Coffee. It's so. good. And I was like, we have to go. So I went with my friend Quinn, who I lived with this summer. We went and. It's also near Courage Bagels, which is another, like, LA place that I can't eat at because it's not gluten-free, but they're kind of near each other, so we went to both, which was, like, two places where you have to, like, wait in line to get your stuff, Um, and I loved the Maru Coffee Matcha um, for a plain matcha, but it doesn't make my top five. Okay. But it is...
0: I also, like, haven't tried that many, so... It is really
1: good, like... It's expensive. It's a good tier. Um, In my opinion the best matchas that are these are just plain I, like i could i could do a whole we could have talked about this for the whole you time you do a clarity episode on drink beverages. Beverages. little drinks yeah i might do that but um what what i think like some really particularly good matches in la are that these aren't like special matchas like i was talking about the tree frog I, like mm-hmm. that's a crazy drink but um the cafe gratitude matcha you can get it with homemade almond or hemp milk which is okay. amazing the bread block matcha you can also get with homemade almond milk which is just like so freaking good. And then um, another matcha that I personally really enjoy is the Dinosaur Coffee Matcha that's in Silver Lake or if you're over um, more near where is it? If you're in um, Century, Century City my favorite Bay Area coffee chain does have one location in LA it's called Equator Coffee and they have a really good matcha. And there's one location in Century City. So,
0: yeah. How do you feel about Dolce Matcha? Boo.
1: I know, it's not that good. Boo. Well, Dulce. It's actually pronounced Dulce. Oh, sorry. (laughs) I've been, like, twice, so. I've been... Well, that's the thing. I'm booing it, but, like, I go too much. (laughs) Um, Okay. In the village, the better matcha is at Sun Life. Um, Really? Yeah. I like the Sun Life matcha so much better. Okay. I'll have to Um, try that as well. It's just different. It has coconut cream in it, and it's sweetened with monk fruit, Mm. which is just really good. Um, And... Uh, dulce matcha the original matcha is just too 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 sweet and it's matcha for people who like don't like matcha because it doesn't really taste like matcha mm-hmm. and i'm an earth girl like i like matcha beets mushrooms like i like all those earth dirty flavors and um the premium matcha at Tulsa is slightly better but they don't put enough of the matcha in it
0: also it's like why do you have to pay more to
1: get it unsweetened because they it doesn't make sense because me. they make those those are made to order like they make the matcha right there where they have all the pre-sweetened mix it's just in like a little squeezy thing okay well now I'm really never going they make back all, that scares me they make all the matcha the regular matcha they make it all in the morning like batch in a batch Okay. where the premium matcha they make it to order guys mm. I'm like Uh, You know so much. I'm, like, a drink historian. And I, like, my one of my personality traits is that, like, I love coffee shops and hate coffee. I never drink coffee. Yeah, that's... I don't drink coffee or alcohol, which I feel like are the the drinks with the most grip on our society. Mm -hmm. So I kind of am, like, different. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Okay, what... This might be a hard question, but what's your favorite L.A. restaurant? You
1: can only pick one. It's going to be a hard one. I'm, like... I'm really, like, trying to make... I'm just trying to make sure... It's like picking a favorite child, so mm-hmm. I'm trying to make sure that I'm not <laughs> neglecting anyone. <laughs> um, you can maybe say two if it's I'm like, too hard. <sighs> okay. I'm, I'm just, like... Like, you're really putting me in a difficult <laughs> situation. Um, okay. Like... There's a lot of... Th- this This answer could be different day by day. True. But I'm going to give one answer that is a restaurant and one that is a cafe. Okay. Okay. Number one restaurant in LA that, again, like, obviously, I'm, like, picking a vegan restaurant. Pura Vita. There's one in Redondo Beach and there's one in um, West Hollywood. Just incredible vegan Italian food. Um, cool. I, I love, like... There's too many things there that are so good. Like, I literally, like, if I'm going there, I'm like, okay, like, I don't want to eat anything for a couple, like, like, I'm not going to have lunch because I need to, like, I need to have. Go in. I need to go in on it. (laughs) So, quick, quick carbonara there amazing it's it's not as pretty as the crossroads crossroads is down the street and it's the more famous la vegan restaurant but the carbonara is better at um per vita even though it's not as aesthetically pleasing as the one at crossroads you heard it here um and then the nutella pizza of course amazing the focaccia with feta all these things can be made gluten-free or regular it's really incredible um so per vita and they have an amazing brunch menu and then for a cafe like this is like where you get your coffee and breakfast or whatever is um just what i needed in frog town okay i think that's on my list it's so good like i think it's kind of unmatched but that's kind of more for like pastries and like biscuit sandwiches and breakfast burritos and stuff not like an actual restaurant and it's in the cutest the the, la's best kept secret is frog town it's the cutest part of la i'm going to the frog town art show tomorrow um i i go to the best garage sales there the best um, sustainable clothing shopping. It's There's only a few stores there, don't expect too much, but it's really one of my favorite parts of LA. So go to just what I needed and take a walk around the little area there, around the polluted LA river. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I have so many recommendations from this episode. Oh I, I'm going to be That's, booked
1: and busy. I'm like a recommendation encyclopedia. Like, I'm just
0: going to text you now. Like, randomly, oh, like what should I get for lunch today? People
1: will always text me like, okay, I want to go on a date. Cute and casual. We want to eat outside. Like, And I'm like, here's five oh. restaurants. <laughs> here's five restaurants. Um, So I yeah everyone I, dm claire with questions yeah oh about people restaurants. do people it's funny because i will take the time to do it because i like it but it's like people will dm me like hey i'm going to san francisco this weekend like i'm looking for this this and this like what do you suggest and it's like they're just like i've never like gone out and like specifically dm'd an influencer for yeah. like no but like people will ask me for kind of my specialties are Um, Food in San Francisco, food in L.A., food in Portland, food in New York and food in Rhode Island, um, because those are just the time, the places that I've like kind of spent the most time. Yeah. And so like all of those places, I feel like are the places that people ask me for the advice the most. Um, But any city that I've ever been to, because I have such a good like memory for food specifically, like I can tell you like best restaurant in those places or the places that I've heard about that I've yet to go or best coffee even though I don't drink coffee best <laughs> cocktails even though I don't drink cocktails like I just she does it all I really it fascinates me <laughs> like oh no <laughs>
0: Okay, well, it looks like we've come to the end of the episode. However, oh Perspective will be back in the coming weeks with many more interesting episodes like this one. So make sure to follow SpecMagUSD on Instagram to get updates about new episodes. And check out season one if you are already caught up on all things Perspective. But more importantly, make sure to follow at Cook on Instagram and TikTok and listen to Cook and the Claire P podcast. Very important um claire thank you for taking the time to come and sit down with me i look forward to enjoying more of your content
1: and just seeing the interesting things you come up with thank you so much for having me chloe of it's course. fun because i've like i've hosted so many yeah. on podcasts but it's fun to be the guest mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> okay
0: bye all right well i'm your host chloe Kopsky. thanks for kicking off season two of perspective with me and talk to you on the next exciting episode